Welcome to Photo Mission Focus Discussing Photography. Hi, I'm Steve Finkel. On this episode of Focus, I thought I'd ask a question about who owns photography? And when you think about it, could photography even be owned by one person? Is that even possible? Let's have a bit of, I suppose, a discussion about who owns photography and maybe not even something that you've even sat there and thought about previously. I mean, I must admit, it was a question that I hadn't asked myself before and, and I was thinking about things like community and things that are happening and around the world and that type of stuff and how photography fits into the mix and, and you know, is it is it owned by somebody? Is someone actually ultimately responsible? And I think when you drill into anything and you ask of anything who owns it, it's typically who has, I suppose, who's at the controls. It's who can, who can change direction and who can... Um, make it stop or start or whatever typically you know owns that entity or owns that thing but photography is kind of interesting so going back to the very origins of photography so the you know when the first photograph was created at that point was that person then that person who created the very first photograph in the world were they then really the owner of photography is that is that where the ownership would start is that where you think that person because they invented it, it's like if you if you were to invent something new that was completely new, the world hadn't seen before, yeah, you know, you'd be praised as the as the um, inventor or or whatever of that particular thing. Depending on that thing, I suppose how it goes out into the world is how ownership's going to work. And I mean, and typically, you know, we think of things when owning things like you know, so you've got your camera and. So someone's manufactured the camera and then you've purchased the camera. So now you're the owner of that camera. So you actually own that device, which means you can do whatever you like with that camera. So you can use it however you see fit. It doesn't come with any kind of strings or it doesn't come with any kind of conditions. It's basically yours to use it as you see fit. And like I said, so you are the owner of the camera. You know, I think so there's lots of things that, when it's a thing like a camera, physical thing, it's really easy to define ownership. When it's a concept or whether it's a um, something like a you know photograph is, and I suppose the broader sense of being photography as being the the mechanism that created that photograph can actually can actually photography ever be owned by one person or is it is is it owned by the collective? And I think you know, as you think about how photography has evolved over the over time, from that very first photo being taken to present day, like photography has gone through a major, a major amount of milestones, um, as people like I said. And there was obviously once photography was invented, there was people trying different techniques. So there was different types of photography invented along the way. Some of them got traction. Some of them didn't get traction. Some of them were the process was very fickle and not very, I suppose, robust. And I think the thing is for photography to have taken off, it needed to be needed to be robust, it needed to be easily repeatable and scalable so people could produce more and more of it. So it's it's interesting over the time, like I said, of just thinking about from the origins of, of photography and, and how photography has grown and how photography has impacted our everyday lives because Photography pretty much touches us in every 
aspect of our lives. Like this is so many things, and particularly in the world of social media. I mean, the world's kind of never been more connected by social media, but and then some will also say, but also people are more disconnected on a face-to-face level now because of, of the online world that people tend to look towards there for their connections. But I think it's kind of changed the way, you know, photography's definitely been changing and evolving over time. And we've had some chats on this um, podcast about AI, how that's the next kind of, I suppose that's the next big change coming to photography. And it is and it isn't because a lot of people don't see the AI-generated stuff as actually photography. And, and you know, a lot of people consider photography to be, it's, a, it's an image that's been produced by exposing a piece of film to light and then processing it, or it's exposing a sensor to light and capturing what falls on the sensor then that becomes the that becomes the photograph and that that process is really photography so photography is really when you i suppose when you think about it photography is the process to create a photo so we need you know photography as a process and then we can go about making our image however we choose to do it where we're doing it from a you know from an analog point of view exposing on film or we're doing a digital thing or exposing it um, onto a sensor and then capturing a file. It's interesting, like I said, because photography has been around for quite a long time. And for a lot of people like living today, you know, anyone who's probably alive today, photography has been a reasonably part of their lives. And more so in the, probably in the last, like I said, the last kind of, I suppose, 15 years, photography has taken another leap forward, I suppose, in who's got access to it. And I think the advent of the camera phone was the catalyst for a lot of people to be able to have at their disposal a camera that they could quickly take a photograph of. But I think the thing that got the traction, people could have went out and bought a, a compact um, digital camera. A lot of people owned them. But the difference is, with I think, with camera phones is it gave you the ability now, after you captured a photo is that you had a very easy way to share that photo, and that was actually a part of, I suppose, the the whole push and ethos of camera phone manufacturers that, look, you've got this device here now, and we've included that it's an internet browser as well. So basically you can now take a photo and you can share it with somebody else, and that's said, and that's the advent of all the platforms like Instagram and Facebook and all the other countless photo sharing type platforms and nearly every platform out there has a photo sharing component to it. I don't think there's too many of the social media platforms where you can't actually share a photograph, even if it's only just via your profile picture of like you, know, you join a you join something and it might be an audio chat thing like Clubhouse where it's it's you know predominantly it's just an audio thing but and quite often talking about photography but obviously but the profile picture can be a can be a photo as well. So we're seeing kind of photography really has its tentacles reaching far and wide. And it really, like I said, it's it's really had a big, I suppose, change on the world, how we do stuff and how we communicate. And look from a you know working point of view now, the fact that with um, the access to every person having a phone basically that they can take a picture of, it's made it so much easier. And so many times sometimes in a situation where, you know, you go to a retailer and you're looking for a particular 
item and you're trying to explain it, but you've taken a photo on your phone so you can say, I'm after one of these. You know, if you walked into a hardware store and said, I've got to get this, and you mightn't even know what what it's called, but you might take a picture of it. You know, it might be the tap at the back of the toilet or it might be the connection between the tap and the, the toilet system in your bathroom that's leaking, so you need to go and buy one, but you're not sure what, what it's called, but you take a photo of it and you walk into walk into your local hardware store and you actually show that person that picture and straight away someone can point you in the right direction and saying, yeah, that's a stopcock or that's a that's a flexible hose for the water connection or whatever it is. And I think the other thing now is, like I said, with photography and particularly with in workplaces, that when people are kind of going out working alone, they might be doing, so you might have like a tradie go to a job and they've found, they've been called out to a job and there's, you know, maybe the owner's left a key out under the mat or whatever. And so they go inside and they might be to fix the air conditioner and then they get to the to the air conditioner. Well, the reason it's not starting is that they find there's, uh, you know, this um, massive hornet's nest or some type of nest has been built inside it and which has stopped it from working. And they can, you know, take a photo and send it to the owner and say, yeah, I'm at your house and this is why your air conditioner's not working. This has got this, you know, this uh, nest has been built in here and it's actually done, done some damage or it's blocking something that crucial that needs to not be blocked. So it's a really handy tool now. Like, I mean, and that's how photography's really, I suppose, reached into our lives. I suppose, like, from a point of view is, you know, we're talking about who owns photography and it, it's pretty much owned by everybody because, like I said, that a person who is a tradie who you never consider to be a person who's going to take photos, but I see it more and more every day, like tradies, they'll be doing a job and they'll finish it and they'll take a photo of it, which they'll send back to their office to say, here, I've finished it and this is the finished result and, you know, I've left the areas all clean or whatever. So if someone comes back and says afterwards, oh, the tradie left all this mess there, that people now are using photography in ways, I suppose, not previously thought of. They're using it as kind of a compliance or they're using a kind of proof to say that they've done something and this is how they've left it and so if something happens after that fact and because the photos are timed and time stamped date and they can be like I said easily sent to back to their office or wherever or sent to the client to say quite often when I've been you know through one of my businesses where we have stuff that we sell online and sometimes you'll have a local person order something rather than doing a a courier, you know, just go and do a, a drop yourself where you just take the item out. And usually, like, you know, if you've spoken to them and they say, oh, yeah, they'll just leave it behind the pot plant near the front door. You know, when I drop it off, I always take a photo of it there in situation and then text it to the to the person go, it's here, it's behind this plant or this pot plant or wherever you, you know, wherever you left it. So you kind of, it's kind of proof of proof of life that it's actually there, you've done it, you've delivered it, you've left it there, and, and then you've gone. I think, like I said, photography is being used in so many different ways that we're just seeing, you know, more and more people taking ownership of photography and using photography. So it's kind of like one of those, I suppose, I don't know if there's been what other inventions have actually happened in the world where so many people are kind of, now using that invention i mean there's lots of really cool things i mean transport every day they use the car or whatever it is uh, or they get on a bus or a train or whatever so and again it's kind of all these things are really like photography i mean it's global in nature it goes right across the world so it's, it's not um it, it doesn't stop at borders photography kind of just 
there is no borders for photography. And the interesting thing about photography also when you're talking about geographical borders is that photography becomes a universal thing that a photo is universally recognisable by anybody. So it doesn't matter what country you're in. If you're travelling around the world and show someone a, a photo of your family, it instantly connects, even though you might not be able to speak a word of that language of the person you're showing to and vice versa. But the photo is something that can 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 connect you at that point in time because you're sharing that with them. And again, it's like that photo that you've got is something that you own the photo. And again, we're talking about who owns photography and whether it actually even can be owned by anyone. But I mean, again, it's like all those different elements like that have happened around around photography and how photography is used. And we've not even kind of, and a lot of people probably don't even think about that photography has reached into things like the medical world where, you know, things like x-rays are, are a form of photography and things like, you know, MRIs and CT scans and all these types of things are all imaging technology that can actually take a photograph of inside a person's body to see what's actually happening. And it's fascinating, like I said, how like that's reached around into every probably aspect of life. So when you really think about photography, the way it's, I suppose, evolved over time and how we continue to see it evolve. And I think photography is one of those things that's going to be a, it's kind of like a fluid thing. It's never really in a solid state. It's constantly in flux, so it's constantly moving, it's constantly evolving. We're constantly finding these new ways to use it. And like I said, we may even, like I said, there's potentially imaging technology that hasn't been invented yet that will be invented in the future that will tell us so much more about the world we live in and and things around us that we can't see. And I mean, it's amazing because when, you know, the microscope was invented, you know, it allowed people to be able to look at stuff at a incredibly low level like at cellular level where people could actually magnify stuff to this enormous amount of magnification to see this very very small detail that's just not ever going to be apparent to the human eye and then of course photography then allowed people to attach a camera to them to the microscope to be able to actually capture those images to share them with people and previously the only person who would have seen you know those types of images were people who were peering down the barrel of the microscope in a laboratory, but, you know, that's not obviously, not everyone has that opportunity, but like I said, photography has allowed things to be shared on, on a basis that, you know, we're just seeing, it's an ever-growing basis, like I said, because of the way technology connects us with all the devices that are connected, and we're just kind of finding more and more ways to, I suppose, share stuff and to connect people together. And like I said, photography has almost become like a, it's almost become like the glue that holds so many things together. Like if you took away from Facebook, if you remove photography completely from Facebook, what would you be left with? Like what would what would you see? So I'm talking, and when I'm talking photography, I'm talking video because obviously child of, of photography because obviously to make you know video, photography had to come first, to, um, capture the image and then obviously capture the image in frames and then be able to play those frames to give moving motion. So it's kind of like if we stripped all that type of stuff out of social media, a lot of these social media platforms would would struggle because it would be back to people then just commenting on stuff or explaining 
something about. So if you've had an experience and you put that photo up and you can say, we had a great day at XYZ, I'm doing XYZ, and then people look at the photo and then they can then see that you were water skiing or you're doing something else or whatever it was and they can they can explain that and they can see where it is and all the details around you. So there's a lot of information in the photograph that people will just read um, subconsciously. They'll just take all that information in where if, if you had to sit there and explain that photograph and talk about the trees in the background and the and the colour of the water and the sky and the birds are flying past and yeah, all the other elements around it, that's people may they may sit there and write all that down, but then I think a lot of people do use photography to do some of the talking for them. And I think that's what as photographers we've always done. We've you know, people say pictures tell a story and it's a popular way of of, you know, using photography as as a storytelling thing. I think things like photo essays are really important. You know, photo stories where basically, you know, you take a series of photos to tell somebody something about what you're doing or or a cause or some other thing to put it in a kind of a a way that people can get those pieces of information and they can read the first piece and see the second piece and see the third piece and then come to a conclusion about what those images actually mean. So that's, again, the interesting thing about photography, it's got so many different aspects to it that people... Yeah, just the way we use it. And like I said, a lot of people may not have thought about the way we use photography and some of the things that we use it for and how we use it and how important it is. Sometimes like photography is, you know, when you're purchasing something in the supermarket or whatever and you're looking at the packaging, the photos on the front of the packaging may influence the way you, what you buy. You might look at one product and you might see something in that image that's on there that, that yes, that's what I want, I want that, or you know, um, you look at another product and it's got a slightly different image. You go, oh, no, that's not me. That's not, not not what I want. So it's interesting how we use the the visual cues from photography to get information. And I suppose for a lot of people who don't even probably think about a photograph is a piece of data um, at the end of the day because a photograph can contain a lot of different information about what's happening. And this is why I suppose it's really important, you know, when you see been a crime committed and they send in the you know the crime scene investigators and the photographers go in and they take a whole bunch of photos from all different angles uh, of the room where, where every item is sitting because that can give them enormous amount of information if they had to kind of sit there and record you know the the knife was sitting you know on the edge and this was here and and this other item was here and and that type of stuff that's really really hard and look, with crime scene situations, I mean, they do do have a kind of a summary of what, what's happening there, but the photographs fill in the finer details. So you can put the basic, I suppose, set the scene, and then the photographs will fill in the blanks. It'll fill in all those little bits and pieces about where items were, and it might be just because where something has been pushed up against the wall and how it's broken or how it's you know, marked the wall. You can You can kind of replay it and think, well, what? must have happened something's happened there someone's been pushed up against that and that's caused that to happen and like i said so that information is kind of there and it's kind of embedded in the photograph as a visual record which like i said and as humans we can actually take that information and we can actually replay it so it's a bit like having a it's a bit like having a you know taping a conversation so you can play it over and over again 
a photograph is a bit like that, that you can you can look at that photograph over and over again and you can go through the different scenarios that might have happened, replaying them in your mind. And sometimes there'd be some, you know, might be some variations on how you play it back because you might think, well, maybe that didn't happen this that way, maybe it happened this way. And again, like I said, um, it's amazing, like I said, the information that people can pull through through photographs and and I suppose that's one of the one of the concerns people have had too with social media posts. We're saying, yeah, you know, we're sharing all this information that sometimes it's really easy to overshare without even thinking about it. So if you think about this, sometimes people put a a photo up in all good intentions of of something that's happening, you know, and they're excited to show that they're doing this and they put this photograph up. And what they may inadvertently do is there may be other information in there that they didn't really want to share, but they're not not kind of aware of because with when you're taking a photograph, sometimes you can get hyper focused where you're you're focusing on this one particular thing, but you're not seeing the big picture. You're not seeing all the other stuff around because the camera the camera doesn't know not to capture these other details in the photograph. So it's going to capture everything unless you, you know, you crop the shot so tight that it's just purely what you want to show. But a lot of people, like I said, there'll be there'll be additional information actually included in the photograph. And sometimes, you know, that's not people's intention. You know, there's the classic classic pictures of people selling something and they're taking a photograph of, of a table or something and they're but their reflection of them taking the photograph is picked up in a mirror in the background. And, you know, I mean, so the person may not want it to kind of be in the picture, but inadvertently, and sometimes they're so, they're so intent on getting that, getting that picture right for the, for the table or what they're selling is they're just not paying attention to all the other details in the background. And as soon as they put it up on social media, you know, there's, there's the person standing in their underwear taking a photo or something like that. Which wasn't which wasn't intended to be in the picture. That information was never intended to be a part of it. But like I said, we get sometimes hyper focused on what we're doing that we miss out around the other stuff that's happening around us. And that happens in everyday life. Sometimes you see people in a situation where they're doing one particular thing and there's something else happening that potentially could be dangerous happening around them, but they don't they don't immediately see that danger because they're really focusing on on whatever the task in hand is. So in this episode of Focus, we've been talking about the idea of about could someone actually own photography? Is it actually owned by any one person or is it just owned by owned by the collective? And I think the the real answer to this is that photography isn't really it's owned by whoever practices it. So, you know, if you're practicing photography, at that point you're owning photography. That's your it's your thing that you're doing and I think you know when you continue to take photos and and do things and it's like I said it's not going to be owned by the manufacturer of the camera it's not going to be owned by the um, inventor of photography no one can really now claim exclusive ownership like in other stuff where there might be a you know other technologies that are developed that someone can actually just you know they can actually say, you know, I, I own this exclusively, it's mine, and if anyone else wants to use it, you've got to pay a royalty. And we definitely don't do that with photography. I mean, we don't, for you to take a photo and create a photo, you're free to do that. There's no restrictions. There's no regulations in most countries. I mean, there is some regulations around photography in, in different parts of the world for different things, but in most of the free-speaking world, you, you can go out and take a photograph of anything you like any time you like, 
it's your photograph to take. It's not like it's you have to pay a tax on it, like a photo tax, because you know you've you've made this photo. And I think it's different. Like I mean, if things things like which are regulated, things like alcohol. You know, we, we could ask the same question of who owns alcohol, and alcohol appears in so many different things. And to a degree, like alcohol is being controlled because there's these governments get taxes off of it. There's regulations about who can produce it, um, who can consume it. But we have none of that. None of that structure is around photography. Like photography doesn't have any structure like that whatsoever, where anyone really gets a a kind of a benefit more than anyone else. Like everyone has equal opportunity as far as yeah, making a picture and selling a picture or, or, or doing whatever they want to do with that picture, they can they can choose to do that because it's their free will to do that. And again, that's like I said, it's always I think it's always good to think about stuff sometimes. You know, we've talked previously in focus about is is photography a thing? Is it something physical? And, you know, and this one is I think we've kind of worked out that for some people photography is a thing. But for most people, like I said, will have their own feelings. So what are your feelings like? What what do you think? Does do you think photography is a thing? Do you think do you think that you own photography? You know, are you the person who who owns it? And I think really the, the the answer is really we all own it. So every one of us in the photography community, we all kind of have our our right to say that we we own a slice of photography. And like I said, it's been a it's been a fantastic ride, I suppose, watching what's happened. And my, I suppose, from my very early exposure to photography when I was very, very young to my present day of photography, and it has changed in leaps and bounds like the way um, photography, um, how I learnt photography back in, you know, when I was seven, you know, back in the dark room with film in camera and you expose the film and then you process film and then you print, print, make prints from the, the negatives. All that type of stuff has changed so much dramatically. But one thing that's been a constant in my life with photography is that's that it's that love of photography. I've never, I've never not loved doing photography. I've always loved it, no matter what process I'm doing it. Whether it was back in those days of shooting film, or these days, you know, shooting with some of the best mirrorless cameras um, manufactured. And again, it's just been a a fantastic i suppose it's it's one of those things that as a as a if it's your hobby or if it's your profession it's just one of those fantastic things to be involved with and like i said you can't go wrong and like i said you know we all own photography we should all embrace photography and like i said it touches so many lives and it's so much big it's so much a part of what we do so keep it getting out there keep enjoying your photography get out of your camera as often as you can and again, it's like I said, that's the best way to kind of grow as a photographer is to use your camera. And I know some people are challenged that they, they have difficulties with maybe weather or the difficulties of working um, commitments to to get out and shoot as much as they like. But my kind of always recommendation to people is that who are trying to want to be better photographers, to be a better photographer, you need to take more photos. Quite often, you know, I've said in the past, you know, you never know the best photo you might take is the next one you take. So you don't know when you're going to take your absolute best photos. So you just keep taking them because they could just keep getting better and better. Until next time, this has been Steve Finkel for Photo Mission Focus Discussions of Photography. Enjoy your photography and have fun. Talk to you soon. See ya.